Hi, I'm Bette McElreath. You might remember me from such LRBs as Pod Pals and Samson's Watch. You might also remember me from TBTL's Love is on the Air and the live show at Stubbs in Austin. Nailed it. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show still somewhat tethered to the canceled commercial radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, through which our hosts all met. Uh, But now we're mostly our own thing. I am Michael Andrew Frizzell, also known as Drew McFrizz, the jail dude. I am the longest running co-broken of LRB coming to you from the Ravelry Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas, where I've been spinning yarns for 427 episodes now. My co-host this Saturday morning from east to west on your podcatching dial uh, from Home Sweet Home Studios in Buffalo, New York. It's uh, Bobby No Nickname Pape. Good afternoon, Bobby. <laughs> Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's it's Anne. Don't at me, Lundholm. Good afternoon, Anne. Anything in the oven today or is that just a Sunday morning thing? Uh, well, I usually bake it on Sunday because I want it to stay as fresh as possible before I bring it into work. So I have not yet made the old fashioned oatmeal cake. (sighs) Come on now. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) That gives me just enough time to get there. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, it's a lot. And from a few miles northwest of here, from the middle-aged mama studios in South Austin, Artillery, live and let Livingston Butler. Ooh. Good afternoon, Hillary. I like it. Uh, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, I thought we'd mix it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, I'm doing all right. It's just so, it's so hot and humid <sighs> so and rainy humid. here. We can't close our back door. Why? It's swollen. <laughs> it swells. <laughs> And you can't deadbolt it. So the dogs and the cats are trying to push it open, you know, like the cats are trying to escape. And it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it sucks. Yeah. Um, that, that'll make a great line out of context in the show description. <laughs> and guess what's swollen at Mike's house? Yeah. It's been swollen all week. Ah. Uh, let's see. Um, as usual, we will talk about our own business, do a quick recap of DBTL. Keep some house and let you know how to get involved in the waning days of this podcast. Um, I assume Anne's at the LRB business desk. She has a bod for sin, but she has a uh, mind for business. So I don't there really. She is. I don't have a bod for sin, unfortunately. <laughs> you sure. <laughs> you sure. More is the pity. <laughs> Not lately, anyway. Okay. Well. We'll just have to do a little business. Let's talk about Friday's show. We released the final LRB clip show. Christy was in denial quite hard for the whole time. (laughs) It was really good. It really, really was. I thought since a big part of this show has been, you know, either plus or minus, uh, quality is has been our criticism of TBTL. Maybe we ought to show what some other people thought about it. And We're not so the only ones. I featured. <laughs> it's not just us guys. I featured some 
criticism they have received from other listeners over the years. And it turned out to be um, pretty funny clips, I thought. I was wondering if it was going to be like too mean or whatever. But no, because Luke's reactions to this stuff is so pretty hilarious all the time that it was an entertaining show. So um, take a listen to that. I thought it was great. And I, when y'all first said what you were doing, I, for some reason, got like nervous that it was going to be, not that you were going to be, y'all were going to be mean, but just in cumulation, it was going to be too mean spirited, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it was really like kind. And especially the early days ones that I love when people are like, what the hell is this? And they're just trying (laughs) to figure it out. I love those. I think they're so great. And both Jen um, and Luke are so charming when dealing with it. um, Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. And even the last one, even the Steve Nelson one, he actually gave really good criticism. And as y'all said, like he should have actually just stuck to it instead of doing whatever what were you saying like the minnesota nice of it all you're like no don't back up just stick to it yeah act like you're from from brooklyn or something for 10 (laughs) minutes and just say no y'all are doing this so yeah so that's that uh Everybody, I hope by now, I assume everyone who listens to this recap has listened to the last recap. And by now, you will know uh, our big announcement last week is that we are, as Mike indicated, moving away from our relationship with TBTL. We're going to see other people. Um, and it was a, a long discussion and, and a big decision. And we're all really excited about it. And we asked for feedback. And boy, did we get it. And yes. Yep. We really, I think, are validated in our decision Yep, and reaffirmed in what an amazing group of people we have listening to the show. So I'm going to read um, a little bit from the large number of very thoughtful, long emails that we received. Um, Crit wrote to us our friend crit let's get critical um (laughs) he had actually stopped listening to tbtl he took a tbtl break for a while and picked it up again a little bit and was checking in with us and he says today i found out the lrb will no longer be recapping and covering tbtl and i don't blame you i am pleased that you will continue to podcast and enjoy creating content together and i'm interested to see where it takes you but this marks the end for me in tbtl show 3000 will be my last one for good no regrets i will look back fondly peace crit wow he's he's right with us yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. Yep. Good job. Uh, from Justina, she says, yay, LRB. I just wanted to say that, A, I'm not surprised you reached the end of the TBTL road, and B, I'm very glad you are not ending your podcast. I'm excited to see what you have up your sleeves. Or is that sleeveys? <laughs> I was actually, like, kind of nervous what Justina was going to think, so I'm happy that she was so supportive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a great one from Andrea. I did mention that I had been worried about Andrea because yes. every time we say we have a big announcement, she gets worried that we're going to end the show. And so she makes a donation. Yeah. And she sent us this email. Well, if any show needed a trigger warning, this was it. <laughs> I've been on pins and needles all week. 
I paused at 17.30 right before you dropped the announcement because I was in the car with Meredith. That's her daughter. Her How old is Meredith now? 13? 14? Well, I think 14. Uh, I was in the car with... She was at the picnic, right? With, yep, her, yeah. with her friend. Yep, yep. I don't know if it was the same friend, yep. but yeah, they. she's... She's very aware of what her mom goes through with this, <laughs> yep. with this stuff. Uh, I, name too. Yeah, she was cool too. I liked Meredith a lot. Mm-hmm. She was cool. I was in the car with Meredith and her friend, and as she said, "quote Nothing is more embarrassing than my mom sobbing because her podcast <laughs> friends are going away." Unquote. <laughs> I finally felt emotionally equipped enough today to handle whatever news you threw at me. I love all of you riffing on life, love, relationships, parents and in-laws, work, I-35, pets, <laughs> travel, fairs, baking, kids, leg removal, jaw pain, candy, cheese and cheese-like products, sport-ish talk, musicals, house repairs, etc. I like the toys. Ch- <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> That falls under I-35. Yes. Okay. I like that you are a mixture of ages, locations, lifestyles, etc., which gets some good viewpoints, although you're all pretty liberal, and that keeps me in my bubble. Oh, well, nothing <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> hey, people People talk about those bubble stuff all the time. I'm like, fine. Good. I'm, great. I'm good. I, I hate these assholes. I don't want to be out there. Uh, Andrea continues, the early focus of LRB was fun for the knowledge. As a newish 10, I really needed all the explanations and backstory. Over time, I felt all of your frustrations and wondered if the show was truly sparking joy for you anymore. I'm so glad you have all figured out what brought you together doesn't have to be what keeps you together. I will do a fall donation, but may wait until your final TBTL recap or the first new LRB format just to make it exciting and to keep all of you on pins and needles for once. I don't know, Ah. Andrea. (laughs) I might have some (laughs) cancer or something. Oh, no. We might have a big announcement. I'm gonna, we're going to need some jam money. Mike's running out of limbs. You better give quick. Yeah. And she finishes with love to you all. Keep making a great show. Can't wait to listen. Thank you, Andrew. Yes. Thank you. From listener Ted, I have listened to every LRB episode and have really enjoyed all of the work you all have done. Until recently, I had listened to every TBTL episode also. I first heard of it from an article in The Stranger when they were on Cairo. I think we know the very article Ted's talking about, Mm -hmm. probably. Uh, Continuing, Mike's Life of Crime episodes were fascinating. And of course, Bacon Kid She's the queen and we're the sorry people. (laughs) My wife was even kind enough to come with me to a live show in Chicago. Shubas, I think. I met Jason selling t-shirts. Listening to TBTL had been a real comfort listen for me, something I would look forward to every weekday. Recently, that has not been true. It was hard to skip sections at first, but then it happened more often. And now I haven't listened in over a week. I can't say exactly why this has happened, but I get what some of you are thinking. Now LRB is my comfort listen, and I have really enjoyed your non-TBTL content. Whatever new format you end up in, I will be listening. Good luck in figuring out a new path. That's so nice. Thank you, Also, all of our all of our listeners are like good writers. Like I, I they yes. compose themselves so mm-hmm. well. Good grammar and punctuation. Mm-hmm. I'm really <laughs> impressed. Like <laughs> I feel like I'd be like oh, I love you guys. Bye. I don't. I I'm trying to put myself in that section. So I'm very impressed with all of y'all. <laughs> it really puts it over the top for me though, uh, Hillary. When the person is funnier than me, yes. like when Bob writes in, I I kind of get mad because I'm like. 
God damn it. I'm supposed to be funny, and he's better writer, funnier than me. But he is shorter than you. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if you if you count, you know, I mean, come on. I'm really dwarf if you, if you really want to get down to it. Uh, my favorite part about the email from Ted is that until this email, I did not know that Ted existed. Yeah. yeah, was that new? I mean, we I'd never seen Ted with two D's before, and uh, and and I'm amazed that there are listeners out there that we just don't hear from that often. And and for those listeners to be coming out and telling us that they're on board with what we're doing is exceptionally comforting. And if we haven't heard from you and we don't know you, drop us a line. We're super friendly, and yeah. right now we're particularly needy, and we'd love to hear from <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make a big decision like this, and you want validation for yep. sure. Yep. Yeah. So. If anybody has any ideas for names, yes, bring it. Yeah. In. <laughs> Let's go. Yep. Um, try try to pick one where the URL isn't insanely expensive. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, moving on with some more feedback, we got a lovely letter from Jack Taylor, one of our favorite crafty tens. You know, crafty makes it sound like he does macrame, but. <laughs> He makes amazing things. Not that there's anything wrong with doing macrame. I'm just saying Jack's skill set is kind of expanded from that. But he said some some lovely things. And then he finishes it with saying, let me know what I can do to help, including graphics, pictures, etc. I'm happy to take some publicity pictures of you guys back to back or maybe oh. with giant pencils. Please. <laughs> If only we'd known we were going to do this when we had our picnic, we could have done yes. some of this stuff. Right. You know? That's true. BS. Dang it. To I mean, be fair, but... I sent a link offering to order the giant pencil, and Jack looked at the price and said, no, 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 I will make you a giant pencil. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And we do have a giant Oreo sign, courtesy of Jack. Yes. You could have done something yeah, with that. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of great writing, Jack... I mean, when he when he takes the time to write us, it's always just awesome. A plus. It just mm-hmm. makes you feel good, and it makes you feel like you're not wasting your time. You know, I don't know. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and, and finally, on the feedback emails uh, from our good friend Sam, always coming in hot, but she came in very sweetly on this one with a, a hugging her phone. After our announcement, uh, she says a few nice things, and then she ends with, I'm very excited to see what y'all get up to and have tons of faith in you. Where you lead, I will follow Gilmore style. And that just I mean, warmed my heart. If I could not love you more, Sam, are you kidding me? You drop a Gil- you like Real Housewives and Gilmore Girls. Like, we're made to, like, I know you live in Canada, but let's move in together because we could just watch TV all the time. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll move to Canada. Hell. Get me out of this hell. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any Gilmore Girls, but I assume it's dumb. Shut up. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. That's, yeah. I, that, that's a joke. That's a little <laughs> foreshadowing. That's all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and one more thing. We don't have any more emails to read on this topic, but we did get <laughs> a second voice memo this week. It's from somebody who has been mentioned already so let's hear from bob stein well violate me sideways with one of mike's prosthesis you could have knocked me over with a middle-aged mommish t-shirt when i heard that lrb was to be changing its focus 
I'd always feared that you guys would get so dissatisfied with TBTL that you would just end the podcast. So I was delighted to hear that you plan to continue this delightful nonsense in a new form. So unsolicited, of course, here are some possible new titles for the new show. Number one, no reply necessary. Number two, two lady scientists, a dude, a doofus, and a nice lady. I'll let you guys figure out who's the dude and who's the doofus. Number three, it's fine, TM. Number four, Neckos, Applets, and Cotlets. Number five, Hillary 365 Birthday Podcast. I'm sure I've got others, but my brain hurts right now. Anyway, and here's some episode ideas for the new show format. Hello, Ramilton. Hillary discusses one of her favorite musicals, dissects the plot, plays clips of the songs, and then is challenged by the other hosts to sing the first two lines of five musical numbers from any musical she likes in less than two minutes. If she is successful, she gets a birthday present. Ask the lady scientists. Meredith and Anne take listeners' questions on math and science issues they have in their own lives. Fire up the spreadsheets, ladies. Mike has ideas. No explanation necessary. Bobby explains it all to you. Listeners get to ask Bobby any questions as long as it's about murder she wrote. Christy zings. Listeners send in problematic interactions they've had with people, and Christy crafts the perfect one-liner for them. Hope you like these, and good luck with the new show. I'll be listening. Okay, who's the who's the dude and who's the doofus? Bob says we have to figure it out. Do you want to flip a coin, Mike, or can we take turns? Um, Maybe we should vote. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. That's going to be alienating. I I think we should vote. Well, hey, before we vote, uh, just uh, since I didn't get a chance last week, and thank you so much for the hospitality while I was in the Twin Cities. Oh, you're welcome. Not that I'm bribing you or anything, but I hope you really mm-hmm. enjoyed the sponge candy. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I mean, it was hard, but I, I choked it all day. down. We need to drain this swamp. We need... There's a lot of paola going on over here. I'll, uh, get, I'll get you some cheese curds. <laughs> you come up here. Those were damn good do cheese curds. I was they not lying and... about those cheese curds. Yeah, in this little place, I didn't know what to expect when it was not, it's not like a big place or anything. It just, oh, so good. And the sandwich was really good, too. Anyway, thank you, Anne. I appreciated that. I didn't get a chance to to see that last week since I wasn't here, so, yes. (laughs) All right, well, if that wasn't business enough already, let's move on to some Jam Tracker updates, shall we? Jam Tracker. Jam Tracker. We got, this is kind of amazing that we got a donation from angie gunderson the night before we released this big announcement (laughs) and angie said love you all at lrb you make tbtl complete thanks for all you do that is so sweet angie i hope it's okay that we're not going to cover tbtl anymore (laughs) do you want your money back angie i mean (laughs) I already went to Kirby Lane this morning and dined out on it. It's too late. 
ordered some extra toast (laughs) on her. (laughs) Thanks, Angie. Yeah, that was great. And also from our legal specialist, from the man who's going to keep us out of jail when we do crimes in Wyoming, from Mackenzie Williams. He says, keep being you, not that you have a choice. (laughs) Oh, God. Nice donation. So sometimes we wish we had a choice. I thought about doing crimes in Wyoming. I gave it some thought. I I thought about if you're robbing banks in Wyoming, here's the problem. The the roadways are pretty sparse. and, And my move was to quickly be on a freeway headed some random direction away from uh, wherever, whatever bank it was in a major metropolitan area. Right. So there'd be like five arteries leaving, you know, and I've got the stolen plates or whatever, whatever and, and nobody saw me. <clears throat> when you rob a bank in Laramie or, you know, somewhere like that, like my friend uh, Big Country did, you know, you're like, well, um, you you can either hang out and try to blend in or you can drive away and everyone, and everyone say, Oh, there's a car we've never seen before driving out of town. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be a waste of time to stop that guy. True. So, Mackenzie, what I'm trying to say is uh, you might be able to help help me get out of some real jams <laughs> down the road because I just I don't see my, myself having much success uh, robbing banks out there. I mean, I'm 60 and 0, but if I was ever going to suffer an upset, it probably would be in a state like Wyoming. <laughs> You had to make another run at it, a nut you couldn't crack the first time around. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, Mike, we need content for new, this new podcast, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where in the world is Mike Frizzell? Mike Frizzell. <laughs> On the run. You'd be like Charles Kuralt, but trying to avoid interacting with other people. Mm. Trying to have zero families instead of seven. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Thank you to everybody who has given us some some uh, contributions to the Jam Fund. We appreciate it, really, it very much. It was really so that the whole thing that happened this week after we announced that it was really affirming, and and I wasn't expecting it. I thought we'd get a little feedback saying, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear you guys are doing this, but I understand." But people were like, yeah. Get after I it. see it. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go get it. Okay. Good. Will do. Yeah. Let's move on in LRB business. Hillary has two reviews. I assume these are movie reviews, Hillary? One's a movie review and one's a book review. So <laughs> I'm smart. I listened to the book, though, so I didn't read it. I actually just listened to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I... Okay, I'll start with the book. I read... Um, just because I feel like it's really... In the news right now, I read She Said, or I listened to She Said, um, the book about, mostly about the Harvey Weinstein breaking of the story. And probably a lot of y'all have heard it on either The Daily or they were on Fresh Air. And both of those are really good. The book is excellent. It's so good. And it's less... It's less like a TikTok of what happened. I mean, it is. It's less about the, like, actual sexual harassment. They talk about it. Um, and the sexual assault and all of that. But it's more like all the president's men meets, uh, you know, this sort of new wave of how they were journalists. And it was just interesting to me to hear about journalism, journalists doing journalistic things in sort of an old school way. Um, you know, obviously with computers and stuff, but really just digging in and trying to like get down to the to the nitty gritty. Um, and my problematic uh, Shiro Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> 
<laughs> plays a, a very pivotal role in it. She's not actually mm-hmm. a bad person in it. She was a good person in it, and she was very helpful. Anyway, I really enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy something like this. But it was somebody who enjoys journalism and is sort of sad to see it, like kind of you know go by the wayside sometimes. These two women are excellent at their jobs, um, and it's I fascinating was listening to uh, to them talk about it on the the press box podcast. Mm-hmm. This week, and uh, apparently, uh, Paltrow and and a couple other famous actresses that didn't actually go on the record yeah. um, were super helpful to the journalists yes. because they couldn't, you know, personally afford to go on the record, but they 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 were able to point point the journalist to people who were willing to go on the record to bring his ass down. Exactly, so. and like Ashley Judd, I mean, they you know. They had, yeah. I mean, she was, she did go on the record and, you know, they had to really work on her. Yeah, she eventually did. Um, anyway, it was, it was excellent. And then they go into a little bit about Kavanaugh, um, which is just fucking depressing and an awful, um, but, uh, but it's, I, I recommend it. And actually the, the audible book was really good. They don't read it. They do it sort of like a third person since there are two of them and the woman who, uh, reads it does an excellent job so I recommend that that's number one um, number two <laughs> I went to go see Downton Abbey last night and I my friend Emily who I didn't see it with this other friend that I have asked me oh what movie are you going to see and I said oh I'm going to go see Downton Abbey and she said well I'm not really into it that's not like a show that I watched but when I watched the previews it just seems like um, a movie about getting ready and like that, that is basically what it is <laughs> <laughs> That's like 85% of the, of the show is about getting ready, getting ready for the queen and king to come visit. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. like a, a, Mike, I know you're probably going to see it. It is a long, you know, beautifully shot episode of the show, but it's really, I did enjoy it and I cried. Um, I, and it was, you know, the, I, for me, like, Honestly, 50% of Downton Abbey is hearing the music, like the theme music. I'm like, oh, it's back. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. But it was sort of nice to be back into like the fold of the Crowleys um, and all that nonsense in uh, England. So if you're an Anglophile and if you like Downton Abbey, I recommend it. Probably if you didn't watch the show, that would be sort of, I mean, it's not really tough. You would get the references, but it might, you know, you might not enjoy it as much. But I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Okay, who did you end up going with? Oh, I went with a, a, some, a girlfriend that I used to work with. Is there a reason you didn't go with your husband? <sighs> because I didn't think about it, and I'm an asshole, which is also like foreshadowing <laughs> further behavior. But um, I don't know. I didn't think about it, and I told him I was going, and he said, oh. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> Well, last night when Emily got home, I, I told her what you what you did, <laughs> what you perpetrated, and 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 I said I you know I'd like to you know go to that movie with you, and she said you would, and I was like, come on! I sat through how many ever fucking seasons Six of this seasons. thing? I'm yeah, I mean, I of course I want to see it, but. You know, I think y'all think that we were just being nice, but we got caught up in it. I know. We know the characters. You know, <laughs> Branson's in there. That's my buddy here. My my buddy, Bunny, Branson. I want to see him get romantically involved. I'm like my guy over here who never gets any action. Yeah. No, I'm a total My question jerk. is, um, do Matthew and Sybil rise from the dead? Because if they don't, I don't want to see it. Um, um, no. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they don't. There's no sliding door scenario. No, no. 
almost everybody. I was actually thinking about it. Almost everybody is back except I don't really understand why they didn't fit Sybil and she's not really doing anything. I mean, I know she's been in some movies, but she's not really doing anything. Um, <laughs> Matthew, on the other hand. Just an apparition part <laughs> no. or something. You know? Although, you know, when Sybil died, sorry, it was like four or five years ago. When Sybil died, I... They, I have never cried so hard at a TV show. I was like, <gasps> I don't know why I could like it really hit me. Matthew, not as much because I kind of had a feeling like he wanted off the well, show. They, they foreshadowed that pretty yes. heavily. Yeah. But when Sybil died, it was God. in childbirth. And that oh was God. and there was so much blood. And I was she has preeclampsia. Listen, they aren't shy with the blood. on that show. I mean, when they finally decide to have a little blood, they have all the blood <laughs> on that show. But the the shame of it, those characters dying, is they were definitely the hottest two yeah. characters. Yep, on yeah, the show. for sure. Although Matthew Good is mm, meow, he's pretty hot. So I'll, oh, I'll that's see. true. Yeah. I, I have a question. Yes. <laughs> As someone who's not seen an episode of of this downtown Abbey, <laughs> um, downtown Arby's. <laughs> Uh, would I enjoy the movie without the context or is it going to be lost on me if I go? I mean, I, you're not going to have like a history of the characters and what they've gone through, but I don't think you're going to be like lost. And I don't know. I, I always, you know, who knows how realistic it is though. I think Julian Fellows tries to stick to some sort of, I don't know, realism of the time, but I like, all the intense prep that has to go in for like a king or queen to come visit someplace is just interesting to me. It's very, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's English manners and all of that. The, the class stuff I always think is really funny because Julian Fellows, you know, while he's a good enough writer, I guess, he's kind of an asshole when it comes to class. Like he loves the upper class and he loves when the lower class loves the upper class and wants to serve them. So it's sort of this weird dynamic, but I enjoy it. I hope they let gay dude be gay in the show. I'm not going to. You just need to go see it. I will. (laughs) I love him. I'm going to see it. Even if I have to go without Emily, I'll go see it. Thomas is a weasel, but he's our weasel. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I want him on my side because he's <laughs> oh, as yeah. clever as fuck. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of weasels, <laughs> I'm interested, Hillary, to hear how you're an asshole. Well, this is sort of like breaking news. I'm an asshole from this morning. So it's Saturday morning. <laughs> it's, it's still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Saturday morning. I'm getting dressed to go <laughs> to the gym. And in my head, I think, Okay, what day is today? I'm looking at my calendar, and it's September 21st. And I'm like, oh, Dave, do you know what today is? And he he just he's still in bed, and he was like, I know, I know. And then I look at the calendar, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. Well, okay, so today's the day that they buried his aunt. We couldn't go up for it because we just like we couldn't make it happen. I, we couldn't go up there. He said, it was his godmother. He's... <laughs> He's really sad. And I just say, oh, baby, no, that's not what I was talking about. And then I just, I was like, hold on. <laughs> and I started playing Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's a top 10 jam right there. That's a solid jam. Right there. Oh, so I'm a, I'm a, I have been knocking it out of the park wife-wise. I didn't take him to the movie. Uh-huh. And I, instead right. of celebrating his godmother slash aunt's death, I'm like, Say that you remember. 
Um, <laughs> anyway. Hey, hey, Hillary, Hillary, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to see uh, the the Departed two and the Town two. Goodwill Hunting, three D. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back tomorrow. It's a it's a film marathon. Good luck with the kids. What an asshole. <laughs> He loves me, though. God bless him. I know he does. I know he does. And I love him for it. Uh, Well, I'm not the only one that was an asshole, though. Apparently, Anne was an asshole as well. Well, I saw that you had written that note on there. And I thought, oh, that reminds me. It was a contest. I also am an asshole. But I'm not a wifely asshole, obviously. I can't Mm -hmm. compete on that playing field. But I did have something happen at work yesterday that was bizarre. I was in a meeting with a few of my colleagues and we had the conference room scheduled as one does. Uh, The meeting was from 10 to 11. And so we are midway through the meeting when we hear a little knock and there is a young woman standing like looking in through the window, knocking on the window. So she opens the door and she comes in. She says, "Um, you know, we have training in here. And we're like, what? And she says, yes, we have training at 11 o'clock. We're like, well, okay, we have the room from 10 to 11. We'll leave at 11. was so bizarre. It was 1040 when she came in to tell us that she needed the room at 11. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Great. So we continue on with our meeting. 1055. She knocks again and comes in and says, um, yes, we need to start our training at 11. And I literally pointed to the clock and said, we have five minutes left. And she's like, oh. (laughs) And she's backing out of the room. She's basically left the room, but the door hasn't shut. And one of my coworkers said, oh, sorry. He, He was just apologizing to her. And he's young. He's 22 just graduated and so he's in that young person space where you just sort of automatically apologize to other people for anything Uh, yeah and for some reason that triggered me (laughs) and (laughs) my mouth said before my brain could catch up no we're not sorry we have this room until 11 Mm. yes and she definitely heard it (laughs) i'm confused about the part where you're an asshole i haven't heard it yet yeah right on and then well and then the door closed and i said oh my god that was so rude of me and everybody laughed but it's such a major breach of work etiquette if you need time to set up for your meeting, you need to build that into your reservation of the room. You don't have to kick me out early no. so that you can be ready to go at 11. Well, I'll get the sandwiches delivered at 1045 to the conference room while these people are trying to have a meeting. And then I'll go in and get all the portfolios set up. No, no, it's not your room. Not nope. yours. No, no. Ugh, I hate meetings. I hate meetings. God, this just... It's- this makes me hate them even more. I love them. <laughs> I just sit there and go, they're they're paying me to just sit here and just look at this stuff and listen to this stuff. You sure. take most of your meetings it. from from your mountain room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, well and I don't think you were. I don't think you were an asshole. Oh, thank you. No. In a final act of pettiness, I left the room at eleven oh one. Fuck. So I guess that's that's as close to being an out and out asshole as I get. Um, Mike, you made it. What does this mean? Well, I, I, I think I've been whining about it uh, a lot. Um, Emily has been out of town most of September. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's it's really it's really had me sad. I mean, it's allowed me to really focus on, on work and get caught up and ahead and, and uh, you know, in a comfortable place because I'm going to be traveling now in a couple of weeks. And I, I hate to be even somewhat behind when I go on the road and have to take a day or two off of work. But, um, so, you know, I kept busy while she was gone and there's a lot more to do while she's gone. Cause she does a lot of stuff around the house. Um, but it's so sad when she's gone because she is the life force of this house. She is the one that all the animals follow. Like she'll, when she goes out to her office in the morning, the dogs go with her. When she comes in, they follow her and then the cats follow her and and everyone wants to be around her all the time and then when she's gone it's like uh they're excited when i get up to feed them and then you know percy walks across my chest or ruins our countdown by jumping on my stomach <laughs> um that's about the extent you know he's always doing something very numb scully <laughs> um i i took a picture of pud last night who was on top of the cabinets in our kitchen a place that that uh, numbskull's not nimble enough to get all the way up because you got to jump on the counter, the fridge, and then on top of the cabinets. And she was just looking down, and I just I captioned it to Emily. I said the view from the view of Numbskull Island from the top of the <laughs> from the top of the kitchen because she's just like enough of this guy. And and we're Emily has, loves him, just loves him to death because he's bad. And <laughs> Meredith understands this because I think Link is the one who's bad and. And uh, and Emily loves him the best of of her crew. Anyway, um, I I made it. Like she came home. I thought I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay up uh, late enough last night, but um, she got home and and went to bed. And and um, Abby had been had been adapting to me. I mean, she had been she'd been sleeping in the bed with me at night, and then last night. Uh, I, I won because Emily kept staying up and listening to something on her thing. And I was like, come on, Abby, get over here. And Abby slept with me <laughs> instead of, instead of, instead of mom who was right next to her. So you did it. Big victory. But, uh, but it, it was rough because she hasn't traveled this much in a long time. Uh, when she used to travel for IBM and was miserable, um, but uh, she's not miserable, and she just happened to be traveling a lot, and we're back together, and it's great. What are the odds of you winning over Ginger? Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she used to love attack me when I was lying down in, in bed, but she doesn't do that anymore. Because hmm. she, I mean, she doesn't like men when they're looming, standing. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stalking them on a debate stage, you know, she doesn't like that kind of. <laughs> She's not a fan, <laughs> but she always thinks I'm going to hit her. She doesn't want to walk past me, you know, oh, things like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's just, I mean, and we've had many, many years to work this out, and um, 
usually you can put together a bunch of years of good behavior and people start to trust you, but dogs sometimes not so much, <laughs> depending on their past. They're just like, nope, uh, tall, tall dummy who once hit me, I'm never going to. Never gonna do it again. I'll never get Cupcake to warm up to me for for bedtime. She's coming mm-hmm. to bed less than she used to, but when she does, she immediately wants to be on Sam's head. She wants <laughs> right. to make a nest in Sam's hair. That's her spot. Oh, the she, hair. Yeah, they love the hair. Yeah, she wants nothing to do with me. And uh, even if Sam's away, if it's just me at home, she won't even come to the bed. I've just, you know... Despite the fact that most cats, I'm convinced, are mainly just looking for a heat source, and I run hot, mm. uh, she just she's done with me. I guess I think I might be too fidgety. Mm. You know, she just doesn't that want to put up thing. with it. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Edith, Edith is great because uh, you. Can, I'm not a big fidgety person, but when when she does sleep on top of me or or on top of of Emily, she just log rolls. You know. <laughs> You, if you turn over, you know she just does does that. You know if you've ever seen those guys in competition that that tiptoe on the on the log, she just tiptoes and then falls back asleep right on top of you. Well, I'm glad you survived. Exactly. You. We were worried there for a while. <laughs> it was rough. Okay, let's do one more. Throw your phone. Before we get to the TPTL talk, uh, Andrea wrote us with a show idea, uh, I assume for the new show. She says, I'd love a Thanksgiving show from you all, especially as it relates to the three F pillars of Thanksgiving, food, family, and football. Uh, Passing references to Luke and Andrew's Thanksgiving would be welcome, but not necessary. I don't know that we've talked about football specifically as far as Thanksgiving is concerned, but we do have a couple of fun Thanksgiving specials in the can, which is not to say that we couldn't do more. But if anybody wants to check those out, episode number 171, Giving Thanks and Good Riddance, was one of my personal all-time favorite LRB episodes. I'm sorry, Hillary, it was pre-you. But besides what, what that... Was you, what would you like so much about it, Anne? What was the... That was the year we decided to talk about our worst Thanksgivings. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there were some funny ones, like Bobby's grandmother microwaving the turkey oh 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 mm-hmm. usually usually when we podcast i get hungry i think that that one i just didn't eat for a couple of days after that uh there was uh christy throwing a temper tantrum because what was it i think they her dad made a different stuffing recipe <laughs> she mm. was like 12 then we had some really sad ones like you talked about that your mom and oh, dad yeah, didn't. Fell. Yeah, that was the day she fell, and sort of the beginning of the end. She never got out of, of the her life. Really. Yep. And uh, my family rescheduled Thanksgiving Ugh. without me. I remember that, Anne. Oh my god, I was really sad about that one. <laughs> and Phyllis, talk- spoiler alert: we're we're spoiling our our three year old <laughs> show. <laughs> Hillary, Phil- you need to keep your powder dry now. But yeah. Obviously, this is a topic that we can bring back around for Yes, you. I don't think that I've ever been on a Thanksgiving episode, so I would be delighted to be on one. I worked retail. I, I, I had to work. You I know. know. I hated Thanksgiving. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Andrea, for reminding us. I, I guess I can't, I can't contribute to the football part, but 
Um, oh, I'd be glad to talk about uh, like Thanksgiving bad uh, beats. Remember when Leon uh, let the snow, the Cowboys snow game? That was like snow oh, game, it, like yeah. was burned in my brain. That was a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's almost October, so we'll just start planning that, I guess. Uh, with that, that doesn't happen in Jerry World. You can't have a snow game know, in Jerry World. Right? It's a shame. All ideas are welcome, and we appreciate them, though we probably don't need to be told to have a show where we talk about what we appreciate and start crying. <laughs> We've got that down. Get dehydrated. Or a show we, where we, we talk don't. about food. <laughs> All right. But thank you, Andrea. All right. Let's get into the TBTL topics. Sure. I'm going to start with the show announcement. We had one big show announcement this week about the ongoing run-up to the live shows they have booked a guest for the new york live show it's going to be john hodgman who will be that's awesome a great guest he is yeah. mm-hmm. he's a good podcast so entertaining guest. such a, like an interesting personality too not he has a character that's like a very prickly kind of pedantic character who's yeah. really fun fun and funny uh and luke basically can't wait to have him on the show so he can ask John whether he mentioned Luke in his new book. Because this is Luke Burbank we're talking about. (laughs) And it all comes back to him and that goes to the time that John was a guest on Livewire and booked a first class ticket to Portland to get him over the line into the whatever gold elite uh, airline Bonvoy, Bonvoy yeah. wizards into, into the airline Bonvoy wizard program <laughs> and Luke thinks you know that means it's all about him because he was coming to Livewire so he wants to talk about that and then see if he's going to get any credit oh, God. yep well so that's going to be fun that was I think the only real update on the shows other than that Genevieve is so jealous that they're going to the Waffle House in Orlando that she almost decided to go on the trip with them. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if she could, I mean, if she came, that would be booting somebody else out of it because the space is so limited. Can't you get passes to a Waffle House <laughs> show? Just one more backstage. <laughs> she can watch from the kitchen. Yeah. I think that's what's going to have to happen. <laughs> the fire marshal. The fire department yeah. is going to get involved with <laughs> all the people that want to go to this Waffle House show. Somebody's going to get a burn. It's going to happen. You know, one time Tori Spelling tripped at, um, at what, what is it called? Um, what's the, oh shoot, Benihana. She tripped at Benihana and burned herself and then sued them. So like, I feel like that is going to happen <laughs> at the Waffle House. Somebody's going to get burned on the on the fryer. Oh, uh, like, well, also known as Asian Hooters, according to that one episode of The Office that I just rewatched <laughs> the other day. God. Goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to news you definitely cannot use. Um, uh, Amanda Mole in The New Yorker wrote an article. I only know this because I follow her and she's a really good Twitter follow, but she wrote an article about... Um, like how we should start, like why we don't like answering phones anymore, uh, kind of what it represents, why we should start answering phones. Um, I, it's funny, my 
one of my girlfriends, my best friend Missy, listens to the show, and she said, it's funny that you like to make a podcast with people that aren't there because you hate talking on the phone so much, and this is basically like an extended phone call. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. It is. But I, I still enjoy it. I do hate talking on the phone. I mean... The situation has to be right. Like, if I'm driving in traffic, I don't mind talking on the phone. That's fine. Like, I'll I'll happily do it. It makes the time go by. Like, that's when I talk to my siblings probably the most is when I have a space of time and, you know, we can idle yeah. along. That's the main thing. Yeah. Right? But I just, I, I just get bored talking on the phone and I'd rather text. <laughs> it's just easier. Though I do, I do agree with the like, sometimes when you're ironing out details on a one-to-one basis, sometimes you just need to like get on the phone and knock it out. Oh and yeah. It is easier. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I've definitely become the person that like, if somebody calls me, I almost never answer it and I'll call them back when I'm good and ready. Like I'm ready to talk now, but I wasn't ready mm-hmm. when you like, you know, shock and awed me with your phone calls. Like I'm not ready for that. I think I think uh, one thing that that I do with friends and family when we're going through something and we need to you know have close communication and we do need to have those conversations is we will text each other and and say you know let's let's pick out a time you know so that it'll be somewhere where where I'm out driving doing an errand and they're at home doing nothing or whatever. It, you know, because we do need to talk to people sometimes, but I I, I need a, a nice landing area to do it. I can't just pick up the phone because I got four things going on. That's just the way we live now. We we have a bunch of shit going on almost all the time. So and 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 the people that I will actually pick up the phone and call me are people that I usually really want to talk to, and I know I'm going to be on the phone with them for a while. And I'm like, well, I have to I have to get up and feed the dogs in ten minutes and. You know, me and Mike are going to talk for an hour. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's almost a self-perpetuating thing for me. The only people that I want to talk to for any great length of time are my brothers. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we don't call each other enough. So when we do, we want to have like forty-five minutes to an hour. And yeah. I always think, well, if we right. just called a little more often just like a quick 10 minute chat once every couple of weeks then it wouldn't be like such a big deal overwhelming mm-hmm. yeah for sure because now you you talk to your old friends and they've had four babies and <laughs> right. two divorces and you're just like what well i'm what what was that you worked for nasa i didn't even know <laughs> you were a marketing major what and that's an entire evening gone exactly right, exactly. right, right, right. now i'm caught up but you know there went tuesday uh, I emailed an old high school friend a couple of days ago because something just uh, made me think of that person. And I realized it's been so long since we emailed even that I could not find any of our old emails. And so I was trying to figure out how far back I had to go. Like, oh, yeah, we we live in Buffalo now. I'm still working in Boston. P.S. I'm married. We have a cat. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to think for the yeah. love of God don't listen to the podcast I'm trying to figure out like how far and so I just kind of just sent a quick note I was just like hey it's been ages so I figured I'd just say hi <laughs> I figure I'll fill in the blanks later if I hear back good strategy yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't know I, I, I it <laughs> Definitely talking to my siblings, it is something that I need to talk on the phone. It's just easier to do. We can, 
yeah, like hash things out. My brother tends to go on a lot of tangents, even if we do talk regularly. So I need to like carve out about an hour to talk to him. So that's why the car ride is is the best time for it. A little hands-free action. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I need to get over it. At one time, I remember when I was like doing my cell phone plan, they were like, how many phone minutes do you need? Like talk minutes. I'm like... 50? I don't know. Like, I don't really need anything. <laughs> I think I've had 400 for the last 10 years, and it just, like, I, like it doesn't – I don't even get anywhere close. But then my, like, teen data rates are, like, are so high. I'm, like, texting. Uh-huh. Oh, I was like, Mom, Mom, call me back after <laughs> 9. Come on. <laughs> Nights and weekends. Oh, those were the days. Um, okay. I also think staying off, uh, staying off the phone – uh, keeps you sometimes from saying things in anger, like when you find out that uh, someone very close to you who's going through a divorce still has a shared email with that uh, person <laughs> through which all of their financial and employment and retirement and everything oh goes my through. Gosh. No, that's a good- I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I, I don't want to talk to you. I still don't want to talk to you over this. I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's Tangent. a that's a really good point though. Um I think uh Amanda, that was her name, right, Hillary? Yes. Uh makes that point in the article that people like texting because it gives you a chance to sort of get mm-hmm. things right and so you don't just blab yes. things out right. perhaps in anger or whatever. I don't remember if I ever brought this up on the show before, but I I had a time probably, oh, 15 years ago when a friend of mine from high school tracked me down and called me just to chat like you were talking about, Bobby, only I think he'd gone to the trouble of calling my parents to find out what my current phone number was, Wow, which, you know. That's cool. That's very old fashioned. Yeah, I appreciate that. And we talked, we were talking, I had been chatting for like 45 minutes catching up and he said something like, oh, and Eric said this and I said, who's Eric? And he paused for a second and he said, Eric is my boyfriend with whom I live. Uh, He was not gay when we were in high school. I had no idea. And so, yeah. So I just went, uh, like I had maybe five seconds of silence while my brain just sort of rearranged Mm -hmm. what I knew about him. And then I continued on because I don't care if he's gay. It doesn't matter to me at all. Right. But I really regret that five seconds of silence. Yeah. 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 Because of how you're, you're like, he, he could have interpreted that. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He didn't need yeah. that. Well, so I've always had some doubt felt like bad. you were going to hang up or <laughs> yeah. you were going to be there. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? You disgust me. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, I know. Complicated feelings towards the telephone. I loved mm-hmm. it. I still remember my teen line. It was it doesn't exist anymore, but it was 214-987-4878. And I <laughs> loved it so much and would change my, you know, and it was a voicemail. It was my answering machine all the time. Oh, it was the best. R.I.P. <laughs> if we could still have rotary phones, I might <laughs> yes. have a landline. Yes. You know, all I wanted as a kid was a... Gold, 
I wanted a gold rotary phone. Like I wanted like a, you know, like a, I feel like they had them in like different strokes. Like they kind of, like they fold over sort of like a rich person phone. Like it looked like a rich person. <laughs> My dad got a phone when I was in high school when we moved into our bougie house that um, it was like a, uh, it was like a um, a leather and wood bound case that sat on the end of the table, and then when it rang, you would you know open the open this lovely case Ooh. and then pick up the phone and talk. And I remember at the time I was like, "I'm fucking fancy right here. I can't <laughs> wait to show this to my girlfriend." You know, check me out every morning. You yeah. got the phone call from Charlie with the assignment <laughs> for the angels. <laughs> Right, right. You got to put it on the you put it on the table and on the coffee table, and we all sit around and yeah, uh, uh, put it have, on speaker. We have a landline that's part of our cable package, and the cable router is right next to my desk in the office. So, I I don't have a phone plugged into it right now. I I want one of those red studio phones that just lights up and doesn't make noise mm-hmm. when it rings. I can't find one anywhere. That's what I really. Hmm. And I would also love to figure out a way for us to take calls in the future iteration of our show. And I'm happy to offer up my phone line Ooh. if we can figure out a way to make that work with the wires and the technology. And I don't know. I need a kid to come over here and do it. But <laughs> need if, you need them put a payphone back in Everett so that Hot Greg can. So I I have that, and then I also have a voice over IP phone for work sitting here muted all the time with a piece of gaffer's tape over the flashing light that says I missed a call because I never go through and clear it. Wow, yeah, really high tech solution. Here. <laughs> um, all right, I guess moving on from phone calls, um, another piece of news you can't use, you definitely can't use it. Uh, James Cameron and some billionaire are fighting over who have been to the deepest part of the ocean. And like, this is embarrassing. And thank you to Anne for this comment. Relax boys. You both have big penises. <laughs> <laughs> Literally who cares? Who cares? This is the dumbest argument. Who cares? There are two people that care. <laughs> James Cameron and this Italian dude. Oh my gosh. It's so stupid. I like was, I, I mentioned this podcast Again and again, but I, this is called Blank Check, and they go over the, um, you know, directors who have big success, and then they can kind of make whatever movies that they want. So they go through their filmography, and they did James Cameron like, I don't know, two years ago or something. And it is the guys, we, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the guys talk about like, he's always been, every single time it's this setup of like, he's spending so much money. It's going to be this huge flop. It's so embarrassing. I do remember when, t- before Titanic came out, and it was like, this is so embarrassing. This is just going to flop. And then it's just this psychotically. Uh, popular movie. I think it's number three now on the all-time, um, you know, money maker. And I, you know, he's insane. But I guess for some good reason, I like Titanic. But you know, he's he's a net job, and so is this other guy. That's all I got to say about that. Well, yep. let me say this: I want to defend James Cameron in in some way and, and attack him in another. And it's mostly about his hair. <laughs> Um, I'm y'all trying know how, to drink some uh, Diet Coke over here, Mike. <laughs> how Bobby has on this show accused me of being bald before, to which I had to shoot a, a video of all of uh, you know 
basically a drone a drone view of my entire head, which is all sproutlings of of actual hair. And the reason that I don't grow out my hair is because when I grow it out, it looks like fucking James Cameron's <laughs> hair. So I feel bad for him. Uh, but dude, uh, if you want me to, you know, measure your ocean dick as deeper than dudes, um, you gotta you gotta keep that shit tight. You gotta you gotta scale that back because mm-hmm. it ain't working. It never will. It's too wispy. We're too wispy, dude. <laughs> We have manly wrists. I'm sure he has hairy manly wrists like me, but that's where it ends. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Well, then he's, go the wisp. he's famously an asshole, right? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he married to Catherine well, so am Bigelow? I. I mean, and I'm he not treated famous, her. But I am you know, I talked about how horrible he was. <laughs> it's weird because he does have like weirdly um, complicated relationships with the myriad of wives that he's had because he Catherine Bigelow has talked about what an asshole he is and even like there's a Golden Globes where Tina Fey and Amy Poehler say something about it and she's like and Catherine Bigelow is laughing in the audience but he's produced a bunch of her movies like after they were divorced so it's like they have maybe good working relationships with him yeah but you know he's a garbage husband though he's been married to Susie Amos I think is her name for a while the the Rose's granddaughter. This is like what my brain is good for, like remembering all of the stupid people that James Cameron has been married to, but he's been married to her for a little bit. But I, yeah, I kind of think he's Just, a terrible I, person. Imagine how rich and talented you must be to have talented and, and lovely ladies like those allow you to crawl on top of them with that wispy ass <laughs> fucking do that you're sporting. Oh, gross. This really bothers you, doesn't it? Joe Joe Schmo, who's working down at the Big Five Sporting Goods uh, with that wispy hair, it's not working for him. He's not getting a lot of action. You got to keep that shit tight. I think Cameron, people would like him more if he didn't look ghoulish with the fucking wispy hair. (laughs) Oh, Jimmy C. Great. Um, okay. And the last bit of uh, news you can't use. They talk about the solid gold toilet that got stolen. And then mostly this devolves in talking about, like, I don't know, they're pooping in public. I kind of stop paying attention because they've talked about it so many times, like how they poop or go to the bathroom in with public restrooms. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. then we got to throw your phone from Justina. And I it's like a bat signal to Anne. Uh, and Andrew's talking about a nest of toilet paper again. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> to which I think Anne was like, I'm not going to listen. That's like, <laughs> I can't do it. I said every man for themselves. I can't save you. <laughs> this is the thing that I just don't understand. Okay, I'm just not as much of a germaphobe. I don't like, it's weird to me that he has to do like Princess and the Pea, like p- carefully place the toilet paper all around. But also, this coming from the man who, one, does a quip ad every week, but two, sometimes doesn't brush his teeth all day. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I brush your teeth. I don't even care if you Wait, have we'll, it. We'll get to that history, Hillary. We'll get to that. <laughs> Sorry. I just, the dichotomy is, is bothersome to me, so... Uh, Justina, I hear you. It's gross. And a nest. (laughs) So nasty. (laughs) To quote myself, put your ass on the seat. Yeah. Yes. 
You're not. You either have the nerve for it or you don't. You either have the nerve for the public bathroom or you don't. Just if it's not for you, then just go fuck off. Go shit in a trash can <laughs> in your office or something. <laughs> This is anecdotal, and I know it is, and it's going to get me like in trouble as far as my own health, but I find that the people that are this prissy about everything get sick way more. That's just my personal opinion, and I don't mm-hmm. have a science <laughs> degree to back me up at all, but... That, no, it's all swagger. God. You got to have some swagger. It's a waste of time and toilet paper. <laughs> got to show those germs who are boss. Is that what you're saying, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's always worked for me. <laughs> Here comes my favorite segment, uh, and that is please make it stop. Um, <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of when I was writing titles. <laughs> and thank you so much for the notes this week. Yes. And the far side may be returning in some fashion. Cue long descriptions of far side panels. And I listen to all of this, and I listen to other shows talking about this. And my reaction is like, uh, yeah, it's a funny cartoon. I, I hope it comes back. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Next, <laughs> but I really oh. hope he doesn't get political, Mike. Do you think he might get political? Because I think that would don't, just ruin it if he got political. Let's wait and see. But what if he got political? We don't know. But what if he got political? But we don't know. So, <laughs> do you think think that it'll still be funny? Do you think Gary Larson lost a step in the last twenty we'll years? See. We'll see. Let's see if he comes out with something. Then okay. next. <laughs> Moving hey, did on. you know there's a VHS? There's a VHS <laughs> tape. It's Farside. I don't know what it is. Do you think we can find a clip of it? Let's play a clip of it. Here's part of it on YouTube, but it's only the Farside Part 2. Do you think that's okay if we play Farside Part 2 without playing Farside Point 1? Um, let's draw some pictures of Fargill while we, uh, <laughs> while we wait for it to load. While we wait for the commercial to, to go through. Are we done yet? Because I'm out of Beetle Bailey's to read while you're talking. <laughs> There's just one more Chantix ad, and then you know we'll be playing. I loved Lou Ann. Lou Ann was my favorite. I related to her the most. I yeah. loved Dilbert as a kid, even though I, I had no context for it. I one time worked at um, a po- like it wasn't the post office, but it was like a mailboxes, et cetera, kind of place. And we sold calendars, and we had like a you know rip a day. A comic a day Dilbert one and this really was before I worked in an office besides my post office office and I thought it was hilarious I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever I did literally lol at Dilbert but yeah that guy's trash so oh, I think it's done marketing am I right <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on this is the self-actualization chronicles <clears throat> Luke complimented a lady singing loudly, which, okay, as he drove by, and he thinks uh, she didn't appreciate it. Maybe he shouldn't talk to women. Okay. Andrew, it's less of a gender thing, more about inserting yourself into people's space. Also, Andrew, there's something about entering middle age that makes men want to enter into conversations with strangers. Um, you know, this is a, it's a complicated topic. Um, I think Luke is acting sort of like a teen, like, fine, then I'm just not going to talk to women, which is not really, mm-hmm. like, the response to that. Well, I, I guess you're not allowed to say anything <laughs> to women anymore. Please, put it on me. Put it all the all on me. I thought that, Je- like, Andrew describing Genevieve's response to all of it is just like, you don't get what we get. Like, all day long, we do get talked at or talked to or commented on our 
body or our hair or what we're wearing. And it's kind of exhausting. So I don't know. You read the room a little bit. Um, right. And, it, you know, yesterday I went out for a walk at lunchtime and I was thinking about something really hard. And then I just noticed something out of the corner of my eye. And as I had, like, as I passed and was continuing on, I was like, oh, that's a coworker of mine that I know. I think she was saying hi to me as she passed. <laughs> like, I was so deep into my own brain yeah. that I literally did not notice a person that I knew and work with yeah. walking towards me on the street. So yeah. it could just be that this lady was not paying any attention to Luke and just he said something to her and she was like, huh? That could be the sum total of all of this. Yeah. Remember when uh, Luke was asking Andrew for a Splenda packet or something in the coffee shop? And, yes. And Andrew didn't didn't recognize Luke. Because <laughs> he was working. <laughs> deep in Sometimes thought. Sometimes you just stare uh-huh. off into the middle distance and... Yep. Yeah, you're, 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 you're putty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I like... <laughs> I liked um, Sam's throw your phone as per usual on these topics. She's pretty good or as usual. Um, hugging my phone with relief after Friday's show. I don't have words for how glad I was to hear Andrew push back at Luke's why can't ladies just take a compliment rant? It's inexplic- inexplicable to me as to why the takeaway from his shouting at a stranger through her car window unexpectedly and her lack of swooning was that he just can't speak to women ever. This is obviously so ridiculous as the response of surprise is so reasonable and frankly expected more than that this idea that women just can't be addressed anymore really contributes to the pent style Ugh, let's keep ladies out of the loop bs which uh just adds some double pink glass to that gosh darn ceiling luke is better than this also i relate intensely to the strict car strain singer i only sing in the shower and i'm always deeply disturbed when my husband compliments my vocal output it's super easy <laughs> to assume that a glass shattering voice such as mine remains within the confines of one's shower or car it's a clear violation to me when this fiction is exposed. Love y'all and pow out. That was <laughs> very well said. I do wonder at the level of soundproofing in my car. <laughs> and I mm. <laughs> cross my fingers that Toyota does it right. <laughs> what's your go-to? What's, your, what's the one that really gives you joy recently? Um, well, after I went to see Guys and Dolls, then oh. I realized I had the soundtrack of you Guys too? and Dolls from the 1990-something Broadway revival with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Yes. So oh, I've been yes. singing that. So I love Guys and Dolls. And you should have been in Guys and Dolls. Oh, what part would I have played in Guys um, and Dolls, please? You could be... What's One of the dolls? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> is it Sarah? Is it Sarah Brown? Is that the? Is that yeah? The, yeah, that's you. I don't know that I have ever been right for an ingenue part, but she's like steadfast in her beliefs. Well, oh. that's true. No, I would be the Salvation Army general lady that comes in <laughs> and who's going to close down the operation if she doesn't see some results right quick. Sure. <laughs> Because she has the conference room till 11. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't want to speak to the to the um, the can't speak to ladies bullshit part of this thing, but I ever since my um, my travails, 
I have unwelcome interactions, sure. unbidden sure. interactions uh, in in public places. Uh, but I will I will say that one that actually worked out <clears throat> really well is a woman came up to me in Randall's where I'm already not oh, feeling you know, God. I'm already feeling a little creeped out because um, I'm shopping at Randall's. Wait, what's Randall's? And it's the second tier grocery uh, store in Austin. It sucks. Nobody's it's there. It's owned by Safeway, and it's uh, so it's it's all branded. It's all Safeway branded, but it's this Randall's, and it's staffed by ghouls. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I'm in there, and then I feel someone's hand on my shoulder, <laughs> and. And uh, and and it was a it was a lady probably my age or a little older, and she goes, because uh, I, I was on a scooter. Because when I'm actually grocery shopping, I'll walk in, then I'll get on the scooter. And and she said, uh, I saw someone with with uh, I, I talked to someone with one of those yesterday. That's fascinating technology. Because she's talking about my like my vacuum leg or whatever. Because she sort of understood what it was. And I said, and I said, yeah, you know, and I just got this one, right? I got this one too. And I picked up my other leg and she goes, oh man, I didn't see that. I didn't see that you had two. And, uh, and I, and I said, yeah, uh, she said, she said, you're, you're, you're bionic at this point. And then, and then, uh, I used Bobby's line, Bobby, what was, what was your line? Oh, that you're the, what was it? The, uh. The six thousand dollar deductible, deductible man. man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, me it was an audience of one, but it brought the house down <laughs> for sure. So something good can come out of one of those unbidden interactions where someone actually touched me to start a conversation. Oh. <laughs> touched me in a Randall's, Ooh. which I I kind of when you go into a Randall's, you think there's a possibility I might be touched. Oh no! Uh, Don't if you touch told me, me in the Randall's. <laughs> I think we have a show title. <laughs> God. <laughs> Either that or something about the conference room. Yeah. Uh, Sam was in the car with me listening to Friday's show, and I rarely subject her to TBTL, but I turned to her during this conversation about, you know, because I'm, I'm a relatively friendly guy. When I'm in the airport and on the plane stuff, I usually keep my head down and keep my earbuds in and just mind my own business. But, you know, I'm, I'm chatty and I'll be friendly if the time is right. But I looked at Sam and I just said, the rule really is quite simple here. The rule is don't be a creep, right? Just don't be a creep. And if you are a creep on accident, apologize for being a creep and then move on. Just, but don't be a creep and know that once in a while people aren't going to hear everything you say. I had Mm -hmm. a weird interaction on my flight home Thursday night. The flight attendant was eagerly tidying up and, uh, not to brag, but I was sitting in first class because hey. I am a silver silver medallion member on Delta. And, and when they you come, are in the Bonvoy, you're a Bonvoy yes, wizard. I am a Bonvoy wizard, and uh, I'm going to be a gold medallion soon. Uh, anyway, so they come through, and they, you know, when do you they melt through... you down to make you a gold medallion? I mean, what... you say you're going to be a medallion. That yeah. worries me. Would they? When they take the garbage in the back where the normal people are, they walk through with the bag and just sort of shake it and you put your shit in. But when you're up in first class, they, you know, it's concierge service, so they take your garbage. And I always feel awful that, like, half the time they're not wearing gloves. And I'm like, you don't want to touch my garbage. And I try to consolidate it in a way that it's not gross. Sounds like my last thing. <laughs> yeah. Right in the Randalls. Uh 
I I am becoming an increasingly germaphobic person on planes, and so every time I take out the tray table, the first thing I do is I wipe it down with a hand sanitizer wipe because those things don't get cleaned. And ugh. so I do this, and I have this wadded up, you know, bleach wipe, hand sanitizer wipe. And she's looking at me, and she's like, do you have any garbage? And she can see that I have this thing. And I was like, well, you know, and I, I'm in the window seat, so I have to reach over someone, and he's half asleep. And I hand it to her, and she just makes this face because it's, it's damp, you know? And I just look at her, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's not a tissue. Because <laughs> I think that's what she thought. I'd handed her, like, a gross oh, used tissue napkin as like, it's a bleach wipe i'm so sorry it's a bleach wipe and then she just laughed and she was like oh my god good because i i thought you were the guy who was gonna hand me a tissue <laughs> like good. we had the same thought i was like no i'm not a gross person i swear <laughs> well i am but just right, not right in this moment right exactly I'm i couldn't this particular gross person right those court orders are unrelated to this wet thing <laughs> i just handed you should you. see me after i check into a hotel the things i do god the pizza towels everywhere so uh Right. So I just, it, that was one of those awkward moments where I made eye contact with a woman who thought I was disgusting. <laughs> it's like, no, I swear. It's bleach. I had a nickel. It's, right. <laughs> well, I think going back to what Andrew was talking about during this conversation, I think there is something to his theory that becoming middle aged makes men yes. want to butt into other people's conversation because I watched it oh, happen yeah. to my dad for sure. Yeah. I do it. I totally do it. I mean, I was a shy kid. I was a shy young adult because I was mostly a fugitive. And then I had to keep my mouth shut because I was in prison. But now I'm like out and I'm like, hey, how's it going, guys? What's what's happening over here? You know, like the guys who all go in the alleyway to watch the guy fix his car. You know, I, I just you're like you crave some interaction. You know, I'm mostly a shut in. So when I go out, you know, even when I'm at the Randalls, I'll engage. Oh, that is like Andrew is practically a shut in too. Yep. So yeah, when yeah. he goes to the grocery store, he has to engage. Oh, yeah. you've solved it. <laughs> Although he spends a lot of time at Teddy's, couldn't he get it his fix there? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've never been a bar guy, so I don't know if it's a different kind of interaction. I don't, hmm. not sure. Uh, we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think think we done did it on that. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get on our media. Um, we already sort of discussed this in the discussion of James Cameron, but uh, the the prevailing question is: Is anybody clamoring for an Avatar sequel? No. Do you think Avatar has aged well? Because it did make all that money, but it doesn't seem to enjoy a super positive reputation after the fact. It's so I was mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say. It is the sec- I think now Endgame has passed Avatar as far as like money. It's this you know second biggest money maker, and you don't ever hear anybody talking about it. Like yeah. people still talk about Titanic. I mean, I know it's corny. I know some of the writing is, but but it's like an entertaining movie that people still watch. Nobody talks about Avatar. I haven't heard except. To talk about how nobody talks about Avatar. It's very right. strange to me. I think it was really its success was built on marketing yeah. of the technology yeah. mm-hmm. yes. involved. Yes. And he, yeah. he is. I, that was one of the only ones I ever saw at a 3D. I, we saw it at the Bob Bullock. Oh, yeah. The IMAX. You know, just, yeah. And, and I was like, damn, this is awesome and impressive. But I, I never was like, because I think I saw 
Inception at the same theater, but I had a very different feeling after Inception. After Inception, I was like, that was a very original and interesting piece of filmmaking. And after Avatar, I was like, that was impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know. No, I don't. It's it's not anything that I'm super looking forward to. I don't. I, I, he's he does really good things as far as technology goes, and he pushes it forward because that's why everything yeah. always costs so much money and takes so much time because he's looking for the technology. But I don't really care about the Navi. Sorry. Unless they're filming it at the bottom of the ocean, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> if the movie was just really, really terrible, it would have flopped. Yeah. You yeah. know, but mm-hmm. the movie is like just good enough to engage you while you're just marveling at the technology. I think that that's the case with Avatar. Just, so that nobody's like, where are they going to take this story? Because it was really, you know, it's technology driven, not not like like oh, who, the are the Navi going to get get the rights to the unobtainium? I mean, who gets the salmon rights? I don't know. Let's tune in and find out. Jesus Christ, no one cares. You need to go to 6D or something. It does seem like a pretty conventional plot line to me. I mean, I haven't seen it, but we all know from TBTL we should never (laughs) let that stop us when we're criticizing a movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well put. Huge tie-in for the Pandora bracelet chain, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're sponsoring the sequel. Oh, God. Uh, right. So that's question one. The answer is no, no one's clamoring for a sequel. Uh, and then the second on our media topic, which ties into this and what Anne just referenced is quote, I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure it's dumb. Uh, and, and this took a wide ranging impact of insulting, uh, people who landed the Venn diagram of social (laughs) things that people like and TBTL listeners. (laughs) And I think I should just read Sam's, uh, throw your phone. Let me. Answer. It's Anne's. Anne's. Excuse me. me. Three letter names. One of them's my, you know, my wife's. I don't know. (laughs) Anne's. Anne writes, I listen to a daily podcast that feels the need to drag Hamilton and the West Wing. Is it wrong that I just mentally dressed Alice and Janney in five inch Manolo ball neck heels? So. You know what it was? It was not actually that I didn't know the name. It's that there was a line break in the spreadsheet. Uh, Heels so that she could absolutely tower over the dummies while reading the goddamn riot act. Oh, man. A poor carpenter blames his spreadsheet. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I do like that image because uh, Alice and Janney is a six footer, as am I. And so putting her in a pair of heels, she's going to be gigantic. God, you know... They're just they're like I know they're forty two or forty three or whatever, but they act like goddamn fifteen year olds. Like, oh, that looks stupid. I don't like it. That's dumb. But I haven't seen it. But it looks stupid. But then meanwhile, like I liked parent. Oh, that was the whole discussion was infuriating because of the parenthood. You know him saying he cried at parenthood. And he knows it's dumb, but then not really like understanding the origins of parenthood. It just was frustrating all around. And I was annoyed because Andrew thinks he's this badass for being like, yeah, the newsroom is stupid. And I did watch the newsroom, the newsroom from the jump at like critics were like, this is pretty silly. Like, this is a pretty silly show. This is not the West wing. This is kind of, you know, Aaron Sorkin getting up his own ass and, uh, being a little bit preachy. I mean, it was popular because he's a good writer, but it was a little bit corny and it didn't like win Emmys or anything. And it was pretty. Crit- it didn't last that many seasons. Two did seasons, it? I think. 
So, yeah. and the joke. I gave it two episodes. I, it wasn't for me. And it was a so, a- Andrew getting on his high horse, like, I totally called it. And I'm like, you and about a billion other people called it. It's like, you're not <laughs> right. original. It was not, it was not like a, yeah, rare opinion. Uh, I don't know. I just, their pompous attitudes about what they like and don't like are, exa- and, now, and then, you know, then they go and recommend music that's stuck either in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. You know, they don't really branch out into anything so i i don't know i found it very frustrating okay uh, <laughs> yeah where, where else to go from there i, I it, and the I west, wing, the is west wing is great i mean the west wing is is problematic when you watch it back now it does you're like oh some of the stuff doesn't really hold up or you know some of the attitudes aren't and especially after aaron sorkin left some of the writing is yeah. you know left wanting but it is a really good show um and it's the acting is excellent, and I don't know. They're just very condescending about things that they don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to start down the show because it's already, we're already pretty far into this. And yes, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of shit to go through there, too, but w- that's a topic for another I time. I mean, let's just say this. There's an extremely much more successful than TBTL <laughs> podcast watching the West Wing episode by episode right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mm. yep. Let's just... Wow. Uh, we yeah. are through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm really proud of myself because I finally came up with a uh, uh, segment title. Um, and that is, uh, it is nasty out there. And I and I grabbed it uh, in, in Ann's notes. And the note from Ann is, Andrew is very casual about brushing his teeth for a man who has had relatively serious gum disease. Uh this is a man who has gone quarterly to the dentist to get his gums worked on because they were so bad. Brushing your teeth is for the gums too, Andrew. Yes. Like, do you not floss either? See, this is the thing. I have like a good, genetically good teeth. I have had one cavity, but my I that I have good teeth. But at some point they were like, you really need to start flossing. This is, you know, gum disease as you get older, even if you have quote unquote good teeth you can get gum disease you need to brush and floss your teeth you have to do it and if you ever floss your teeth after you haven't flossed your teeth in a little bit and smell the floss it is the most disgusting Uh thing and it will make you want to floss almost constantly please put a drop in for the splendid table right now (laughs) hey hey hillary no no freaking joke um i think i was talking about in the chat how emily and i had to take a break from uh, from dental care for a while while we were yeah. paying for much more life threatening <laughs> things, and uh, we we finally got back. I think she had maybe in the interim been a couple times, but I I was like in for my first cleaning in like four years, and it's it's hard for me. And in fact, I can't floss beyond you know some of my few front teeth because I have a oh, yeah. small your sausage mouth. fingers. <laughs> And a and two giant mitts. <clears throat> so we've so talked have, about I've this d- before. <laughs> I have devices that I you know try to utilize to get way back there because I still have my wisdom teeth, and you know that's problematic. But um, I so I'm back and and I'm at there for cleaning first time in four years, and she's flossing. And we've been, she, she's been working, scraping, you know, doing, you know, doing all the dental hygienist stuff in there. And 
and uh, everything was fine. We had a nice conversation, and then she started flossing, and I was like, God, this this lady's breath is the fucking worst. <laughs> God. I can't believe it. How is she in this profession with this horrible? And then I was like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that that was our that was the um, my birthday and anniversary. Ruth's Christmas. Oh, right yeah. oh, oh God! Oh God! Some some filet mignon uh, coming up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no kidding, no fucking kidding. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be diligent, yes. man. You gotta get in yeah. there for your cleanings, and you gotta yep. do your stuff, and uh, especially if uh, if your tongue's rotting off, and, and <laughs> if uh, if you have gum disease, it's you know. And you'd like your long-term partner to kiss you? Yes, ever. And I guess if she's okay with it. Well, the thing about the not flossing is you probably all, all, always have like a low grade <laughs> bad breath. And then, the, you know, the floss comes up. You're like, oh, oh, oh. But yeah, you're right, um, Hillary. Ugh. After you see the results of it, you'd be like, I'd be a fool not to yep. try to take care yep. of this as often as possible. It's true. Uh, and it's worth noting that this conversation happened, at least in my feed, about five minutes before an Andrew voiced quip ad. <laughs> exactly. Mm. You using that quip? Oh, the irony! Think, I don't think you are. Ugh, mm. gag. All right, uh, Luke thinks that high school boys' locker rooms don't smell funky. He's wrong. Uh, all boys' high school, all all boys' junior high, high school, and. Uh, college and professional locker rooms smell funky. Um, it's just it. It's on a variation based on you know the ability to carpet these places and to have the carpets oh, cleaned. And, I mean, it's just brutal. There's there are a lot of variables, but <laughs> the funk is involved in in all of it. So I remember. Let's not pretend. I remember going into my brother's room. I have two brothers. I remember going into their oh, no. room, oh, and it smelled room. like. Farts and like gum, like those. Those I don't know why those are the two. <laughs> and it's two things I hate the smell. I mean, obviously I hate the smell of farts, oh. but like I don't really like the smell of like ju- like juicy fruit or whatever, bubble delicious or whatever. Like that is the smell. Oh, it smelled so bad. They just like farted with impunity. Like with I, it was awful. It was awful. Not with my brother. It was all it was all foot stink. It was all foot stink, and it was just acrid. You yep. go in there. I would go in there clearly, you know, wanting to snoop or steal or do the things that a five year old younger brother does. You know, get some, you know, look at porn with or whatever. You know, steal records. But I couldn't go in there. I'd be like, I'd be like halfway to his like little desk and i'd be like oh my eyes are watering and i can't take it it was like mustard gas <laughs> well i think that we've all we've all t- uh, talked about this before about how there is there comes a time in every young person's life when an adult has to gently <laughs> yes. tell them that maybe they better put on yeah. some deodorant and that yeah. he somehow thinks that that doesn't magically get magnified in a locker room is crazy. Yeah. Uh, if you're lucky, a locker room smells like bleach. Like that's the, oh, yeah, the yeah, ideal. Yeah. Sm- mm-hmm. It's always going to smell weird of something, but if you're lucky, it smells like bleach and then it's downhill from there. <sighs> Even the locker room, my gym smells bad. Most people maybe are barely Luke using has it. A, maybe Luke has a poor sense of smell. Maybe he's oh. just one of those people. 
Yeah. Maybe. Ugh, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe Andrew is. Yeah, Andrew is smelling his own breath the whole time, so he can't. <laughs> Nose blindness. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes before a Febreze ad. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. If you're going to have a heavy beard and bad team, uh, I mean, that's a that's a you know that's a a double team of odor right there. That's that's something that you. <laughs> I think I've, I've said before that at one at one point Emily said something about you know we were kissing or something and she goes you know your beard doesn't smell its freshest <laughs> and I have been very very diligent <laughs> since that day to make sure that it was trimmed and clean and nice you know just you got to keep it tight guys. Try to keep it tight, and and ladies, don't don't be afraid. Don't let it fester. Don't don't wait a oh, week. Don't a month, say fester. A year. <laughs> <laughs> don't let it nest. Don't let it fester. Don't let it do any of these things that gross people out. Just say something. Because when Emily finally says something about, it, I'm like, when did you notice this? And she'll say, Oh, it was like fe- February twelfth in two thousand twelve. Well, Jesus Christ, you've been enduring a smelly beard since you know. Just say something. <laughs> If you smell something. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> God. All right. This segment has lived up to its name because I feel a wee bit queasy. <laughs> it is nasty out there. <laughs> Let's go through one more segment. I called it Fripperies and Falderall. Just because there was no real theme. And these topics were not of importance. But they were somewhat entertaining. Uh, Andrew found a set of four easy steps instructions to teach yourself to beatbox. Oh my goodness. And, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, everybody who knows anything about beatbox knows you start with boots and cats. That's beatboxing 101. You gotta (laughs) practice boots and cats until you get the rest of it. I don't know what Luke was doing. That was weird. I'm not a beatboxer myself, but I know the basics. Matt's really good. He's a great beatboxer. Really? Yeah. Can we get some of that? Yeah. From Matt or from me? From Matt. Maybe a duet. I mean, maybe oh, he'll raise your so. game. No, 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 no. My game is extremely basic. Matt's game is good. I'll, well, uh, I'm, I'll text him. I'm and... the president of rap music, so I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> All right. I'll text him and see if he can uh, lay down a beatbox rap or something for us please Mm -hmm. (laughs) i want to i want to i want him to like i want to picture him with his uh hands over the headphones and then and then like you know doing the thumbs up like you know bring it up bring it up (laughs) they never go like they never like uh it's a little much (laughs) we bring the bass down just a little more treble just to bring it up uh, in other foolish topics, they get into the question of how much money would it take for you to get a giant map of Narnia tattooed on your back. <laughs> Luke says he would get his back, his entire back, he would get a back piece of a map of Narnia for $10,000. Hmm. There goes that CBS This Morning gig when they find out about that. Uh, he was trying to get Andrew to admit that he would do it for $100,000, but Andrew was not really biting on that. 
No, Andrew. I am definitely more of a Luke in this situation. Andrew has like, uh, you know, ethics, I guess, or like standards. I'm like, how much money? Okay, let's get it done. I don't have to show my bag. Yeah, it was, it was the needle thing too. Though, yeah, for yeah. Him, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't think I've ever asked Hillary. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. Um, I did tell my famous story about almost getting a tattoo. I oh, uh, yes, where it was going to be. Uh, I just can't ever like narrow it down. Like I almost need somebody to decide for me. I don't want a tattoo, but I um, was going to get the nickname my dad calls me on my lower back in college. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. <laughs> And my dad calls, it's not weird, but my dad calls me Trixie. (laughs) So Mm. So it would be a little weird if I had to explain that one away. Um, I'm very glad I didn't do it. And I am, my my body is ink free. There are a lot of bad angles on that story. I mean, there's, no one comes out looking good. Love you, Michael. Or speaking of bad tattoos, there are a lot of bad uh, angels. <laughs> in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of like wings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that you could pay me to get a tattoo. I mean, I guess it would have to be serious money and $100,000 mm-hmm. would not be enough. And it would depend on what it was and where it was located, how large it was. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into play here. It reminds me of Ben Affleck's tattoo, back tattoo, which is just awful. Oof. It's brutal. And you're like, did somebody, I do think, did somebody pay you to do that? Because it is, it is a lot. It's like a phoenix rising yes. or something? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not a good look. You can take the boy out of Boston, but you can't take the Boston <laughs> out of the boy. Seriously. God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. He's got Pac the Con Harvard Yard on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it's so grody. All right. Does anybody have any final thoughts? This week was long. The it shows were long. long. Every yeah, episode except Friday was like pretty much an hour and a half plus. It was yeah, it was a long it was a long time. I it it more and more I'm excited to listen to TBTL. A, somewhat occasionally, and B, without kind of a critical ear, which is just hard to not have when you're doing a podcast about it. I'm excited to just listen to it. And maybe I'll find some joy in it again. Because right now it seems kind of like drudgery somewhat. No, I mean, there are times where I laugh. Like, I laughed this week. There were our times. It just is fewer yep. and far between. Uh, had anyone else heard of this Lizzo for ah. Music Fear Weekend? <laughs> Has anybody heard of this song, Truth Hurts? Is that like the number one song? I don't know. And it's like, literally, yes, it is the number one song. It's a notable number one song yeah. in the history it's making. Yeah. The only reason I even know about it is because they talk about some uh, Minnesota Viking. Yes. There's a, in the song. There is a Minnesota Vikings reference in the song. It's also a song yeah. that's been around for a couple of years from the time when Lizzo was our song of the summer winner. Oh, uh, speaking of song of the summer and the fact that it didn't happen this year and it's just not being addressed by Luke and Andrew at all, which is fine. Right. But, Mm -hmm. uh, Stu and then other people who didn't see Stu's post, because that's the way the Stens page works, Mm -hmm. posted, uh, a Kenny onions, onions, remix, 
uh, of Dennehy with uh, Jenny Lewis making a cameo. And that, that is my thing of the week from not TBTL, but from the TBTL universe is the Bulls promotional video that Dennehy did featuring Jenny Lewis. It's pretty great. Cool. Other than the fact that they had to clean it up, so the line "walking like my cock hurts" got cut. <laughs> Odd. <laughs> I don't know why. Who's Mike Cockerts? Right. <laughs> Somebody who would not let his name be cleared for use in a Bulls promotional video. <laughs> Is there a Mike Cockerts here? <laughs> oh. That's an original. <laughs> TM. So I tell you what, we'll call that the first must listen. My must listen this week is Dennehy's uh, remix for the Bulls, for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Trying to knock here. Housekeeping. Uh, buy stuff from us. Merch merch still available at littleredbandmuggin.com. Uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I suspect there will be some new merch in the coming weeks as the uh, the project Jeremy. evolves here. Uh, archive project fan. we'll probably just stop talking yeah. about that you can buy things from Amazon to help us out through, a, through these growing changes with the show at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon you buy things and maybe they arrive like the new base for my office chair did this week where somehow they managed <laughs> to put it in a box six times larger than it needed to be and yet one of the legs of the office chair base was sticking out the side of it because it wasn't <laughs> wide enough perfect <laughs> And this is all because the office chair came with a plastic base where one tiny little part broke and they wouldn't replace it. Uh, so I ordered a metal replacement uh, because things are not made properly these days. Also, kids these days need to learn some manners and get off my lawn. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, earbuds and earworms this week. Uh, songs that ask a question, which is perfect. Huh? Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> We're going out with that song. We're going out with it. Sorry. Mm. You mean songs that raise the question, Mike? Songs that raise the question? <laughs> okay, we get involved. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the website is Little Red Bandwagon. Hopefully that will be changing as well. But it'll probably, I would assume, oh, yeah. Please. the tech wizards will forward <laughs> it. Um, throwyourphone.com thank you for all of your phone throwing and all of your kind words this week we appreciate it keep them coming um, if you're out there and we haven't heard from you and we don't know you exist I'd like you to fix that please just even just say hi yeah please. let us know you're out there I took a, I at work they made us take an Enneagram test I, have, I don't know if y'all have done that and I talked about it in mm -hmm. our chat and surprisingly I get validation from others. <laughs> I like attention. <laughs> That's where I get Has a need for external validation. <laughs> so please throw your phone something. I just need to be told that I'm pretty and smart. Um, <laughs> the Join mm -hmm. us on our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB podcast. Email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo and y'all been doing it and y'all been doing a great job. I love them. I get excited. It's great. Uh, facts <laughs> while be your butt. That's always going to be going on at 617-354-8513. And that will never change. <laughs> that defies genre. <laughs> oh, that really got me. Okay. Um, with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> 
Until next time, this is the next party. Oh, Jen, we love you. And how does it feel to be responsible for this nonsense? Nailed it. Sort of. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we nailed it. Absolutely. Can we say nailed-ish? Yes, please. Oh, could that be the new show title? Yeah. Nailed-ish.com is probably available. Yes.